In case uh, you Thank haven't noticed, you. we've got uh, Jeffrey Cook Tonneson from uh, Season 7, uh, Island of Well done for pronouncing that surname right. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it thank doesn't you. happen very often, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> I did spend the whole day practicing it, though. So, oh, well uh, done. <laughs> thanks. How you been, man? It's been a while. Yeah, good, good. Nothing has changed. I just uh, will address the elephants in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the elephant. Do you want to talk about the elephant? You might as well address it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. One thing that I've said about Survivor, like the one thing that I really took out of it is like an intense binge eating disorder. I just want to eat everything that I could find. No, that's good. And then how was it after afterwards? Did you do that? I'm still doing it. Oh, good. <laughs> well done. Well done. Uh, look, in case you haven't noticed, Tyson, the Terminator, we're not sure where he is. He is MIA right now. But at the moment, we've got Jeffrey. We're super stoked to have him on the show. We might as well just talk about the show and what happened last night. Jeffrey, overall, your thoughts from episode you know, 15. Well, this is our episode 15. What did you think about the episode? Yes, it's just crazy. Eh? This whole season has blown my mind. I think the biggest thing for me is like all the twists and turns – I'm a huge fan. I know that you're a huge fan as well. And you kind of come to expect certain things. And then like all of these weird twists come into play. The jury that got to do like a luncheon or a breakfast with the ex-castaway or the castaway and stuff. It's just mind-blowing stuff, eh? Flip. And chappies. What a man. <laughs> so, so are you busy rooting for chappies? Is that, is that the guy you're supporting throughout? Or is yeah. he, has, he grown, has he grown on you? Like the, the mole on someone's face, I think in Austin Powers. You know, the guacamole. Yes, the molly molly. Molly molly. I battled with him so much. Eh? I couldn't. Right from his first preseason interview, I was like, I can't deal with this guy because he's got that real like hero vibe. I thought he was going to be the rob of the season where from the beginning, you know he's going to win um, and he's going to like dominate all the challenges. And I couldn't understand why they got him as far as merge. Because I'm like, why do you want to take his physical threat? Because he's going to end up winning everything. Um, and just the last few episodes or so, it's like, this is such a flippin' cool guy. I love how sneaky he is. Like, that's really cool because I was always scared to be too over the top because you don't want to, like, upset people and get voted out because you're doing, like, the wrong stuff. And he's just, like, living his best life. He's got his Chappie's Diner. Um, it's cool. I always, I always root for a good villain, though. Yeah. Do you feel like you, you missed a couple of uh, beats or you, you were the villain you wanted to be on your season? I don't know if you're ever exactly who you wanted to be when you enter Survivor. Like, everybody's got their own, like, preconceived notion of what they're going to do. Um, but when you're there in a the situation, you play a very different game. I didn't expect to get those, like, intense emotional connections with people. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 obviously everybody wants to go back. I'd like to play more of a, more of a villainous role the next time around. 
Um, so sorry, Jeff. We, we got some. Uh, Najwa saying, did, vote, did Tyson vote himself out of this interview too? <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I don't, know, I don't know what's going on from that perspective. But yes, Tyson did get voted out. You know, a very interesting question. Uh, Dino's painted a, uh, Welcome, Dino. Thanks for the kind words. We really appreciate your support and we appreciate you being online with us today. One of the things... Oh, and we've got Kieran online. Yeah, where is the oh, Terminator? Wow. Kieran, drop the man a message and ask him where he is. He's more than, <laughs> you know, he's, he's allowed to come on when he wants to as well. Okay, that's also He's got to be on speed dial. He's got to be on speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, but uh, Jeffrey, in terms of how the season's playing out, the twists in particular, the if we're looking at the reward that Chappies gets, what did you think mm. about him being able to pick a jury member and also getting to send one home? How powerful is that in the game of Survivor? And is it something that we should see more often? I think it's huge. It actually literally blew my mind. I think it's such a cool concept. Um, I haven't seen it before. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, the getting rid of a jury member, is, it's been done before. But that getting a chance to actually have a chat to the jury member um, is so cool. Because, like, we had our own ideas. And they will never really know. Because my whole survivor experience to me is such a huge part of being on the jury. Because I was there for all of it. Um, and... Yeah, to have a chance to chat to somebody and know what they're thinking. I mean, all that we wanted in our own season was for, for the people to own their game. And none of them wanted to do that. Everybody sat there and they claimed flipping, I'm a beauty queen, world peace, and that type of stuff. And like, um, yeah, he actually got a chance to get told that he needs to own that game, which is flipping cool. Very, very lucky. So, so Tyson, he's made it, Jeff. I don't know if you want to break the bad news that he nearly got voted out of TNO as well. <laughs> Tyson, welcome. <laughs> Better late than never. I was on the. I was listening to you talking about Chappies and a good villain and everything, saying hi. And I, I think you guys couldn't see me, so I ended the call and I called again. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> I oh, you were there. That's okay. Uh, he was listening. That's okay. That's all right. That's okay. <laughs> um, we might as well kick off with the first one. Then we've got an icebreaker there for the two of you. We've got Jeffrey and Tyson. Um, First one is, what is it? What is it? Where are we? Oh, okay. I'm here. So, would you rather step in a ring with Mike Tyson or go swimming with the Great White? Who answers first? Uh, Whoever wants to go for it. I will swim with the Great White. I, I don't like catching yeah, a Jeff, cup. You eh? can go first. <laughs> I feel like I deserve the couple, but no, I don't know. Eh? I don't want to get smacked. I'd rather get shot. <laughs> <laughs> um... I think it's Mike Tyson. I don't think I'd want to stand in front of that guy. So I think I'd also rather go swimming with the Great White. There's a better chance of survival. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. That's fair. I thought, you know, I was like, I posed the question thinking, you know, we've got the Terminator. I don't know if you, you see yourself, the Terminator here. This is something that was discussed last week with Kieran. And it just happened you had to be the Terminator. So I was like, no, this guy, you're going to step into the ring with Tyson because that's his namesake. Also, I Holy think... Holy shit, Jeff, wait. We, yep. No, I'm looking. I'm trying to look closer at um, the thing behind you. It actually looks pretty sick. I've never seen it before. The Terminator. Oh, yeah. I mean, I did. I, it's a reveal for the show. So you know, that's that's what it is. We're enjoying it. Also, shout out to we've got Carla on the line. We've got Kieran. We've got Dino. We've got Warren. We've got Chris. We've got Jeff. There are a lot of people waiting for this interview for good reason, Jeff. Just in case, I mean, we did miss. We did are starting off on a back foot, Jeff, because we weren't on before. But just to play the the or pretty much discuss the rules here there are no rules and you get to ask tyson whatever you want to and don't wait for me to cue you in and tyson this is about you and your journey so feel free to say whatever it is that you want to say 
we will obviously poke and push the things that we think are entertaining and things that we want to get out of you. So first thing, Jeffrey, knock yourself out, man. Ask the man the question that you've been wanting to ask. One thing that I've been wondering, Tyson, um, how much of your game do you think was like an emotional scenario? Was everything calculated or did you get, let your emotions get the better of you in some instances? Um, I think it's split down the middle, to be honest, because the fact that I had Kieran by my side was a huge bonus mm. because he's strategic all the way through. So when I'd go, the I react to things. I'm impulsive by nature. So I wanted, I wanted to hide that I'm an emotional person, but it came through in the things that I was doing. So mm. I do feel like half of it was emotional, backed up by strategy or strategy backed up by my emotions. Yeah, because I did notice that you had a couple of like emotional blowouts type thing um, where somebody that had upset you, it seemed as if you couldn't hold back. Yeah. I can relate to that because I know that I got a lot of flack as well. People are all like, you're playing a game. But I know that when you're in that situation, you're not really playing a game. It's like your real life. And those emotions are very intense. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're 100% spot on because when you're in the game, I, I'm playing a game, but I'm hungry for real. I'm playing a game, but I'm wet for real. I'm playing the game, but I'm tired, sleep-deprived, mentally yeah. fatigued, and all these other things that happen to you within this, this experience that you stop thinking it's a game. You're actually coexisting with these people. This is the world that you're in as long as you're in it. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I can relate to that. Yeah, I suppose just from my side, gentlemen, I don't know, I was just getting a bit of a lag there. Um, but I do want to say, from the villainous side, Tyson, if you're looking back at your game, you speak about your game being very unique to the game of Survivor. Would you categorize yourself as a villain or would you categorize yourself as a hero or just uh, what's the other type of word the, in between? What would you think? <laughs> I think I'm in between. I'm very in between. So because as much as there's villainous traits to my game, I'm still a very caring person to the people that I chose to care about. And yeah, I, I, I did a lot of bad. I did a lot of good. So I think it's somewhere in between. Okay, that's a fair answer. But in terms of the good that you did, we know you found the idols. I mean, we're calling you the Idol King. There's a post that we've done. I think we've pushed the whole narrative of you coming on tonight being the Idol King. No one can take that away from you. But what are the other good things that you did on the island that no one got to see? Um, I think with, in, in terms of, it's funny enough, it's the food and the foraging. Every time I'd go out to get food, it would, be, it would be for everyone else that was around. So I think I tried to be as helpful as possible. We all used to collect wood, but I used to sit next to that fire every single day, every single night. And, you know, I just tried my best to make sure that the people around me were good because I, genu I genuinely was caring and I genuinely was fair to everyone. So I think that's what, what would play towards the good. And... I mean, with the people that I played with, Kieran and Warda, I gave them my absolute loyalty, trust, and I just cared about them that much. That I, I, some at some moments you forget that you're playing a game and you just want to be good to these people. Do whatever you're doing to me, just don't do it to them. Type of mentality. Yeah, I mean, we did know you were very close with Kieran. I think there's no hiding that. We've seen it on the social streets, we've seen it on the edit, we've seen everything about that. But the, the Warda quotient to the trio, I'm very intrigued about that one because she came on saying yeah, she was a key part of the alliance. 
in your opinion, what kind of role did you play between the three of you in the game? For me, um, they played similar roles, but in different ways, because obviously Kieran was the closest person to me in the game. That's without a doubt. But Warda mm -hmm. and I had a very good relationship with, I, I saw her as an older sister. Like she was that for me. And every time I wouldn't be as keen to um, sort of get involved and socialize with the other person, Warda used to be my springboard for that. She used to be the bridge between me and Santini, for example. And Kieran did that on his own as well when I was close to him and he was socializing with other people that I wasn't really connecting with as much. So I feel like for me, being a part of that alliance, they both helped me in that regard. I did my strategizing with Kieran, but Wider would be involved some not as much as I did it with Kieran. I would openly admit that every time Kieran and I had anything to do, we'd speak amongst the both of us before we'd speak to everybody else. But Wider was genuinely a part of that alliance as well. And I, when, uh, I wouldn't say we were equals because it's a three, but she was very, very close. I was closer to Kieran, but Warda was right there. Okay. Tarzan, I've been wondering, um, your and Kieran's relationship, it's actually, it seems relatively rare in the game of Survivor in the fact that you guys were so tight, like literally right from the beginning to the end. Did it ever falter? Did you ever wonder if, um, you know, maybe you should go against them because you didn't want to be sitting in panel two with them? Uh, do you, did you ever con were you ever concerned that he might go against you or were you guys just thick and tight throughout the whole game? From my side, I never at any point doubted Kieran. Even mm -hmm. when he... Because, like, there's a thing that like Kieran and I used to do where would sit strategize and say, maybe he has to go play double agent with these people. He's going to have to go say some things about me or agree, or agree to some things against me. But at, in all those encounters, that never not once did I ever doubt the fact that he's being honest with me and he's genuinely on my side. So I was very happy to sit with Kieran at the end if the game led that way, because we feel like we would have achieved something a lot bigger than ourselves. Hmm. That's amazing. It's but, very lucky to have a relationship like that in the game where you know without a doubt that there's, you know, neither of the two of you are going to go against each other. So I think that really worked in your hmm. favor and Kieran's favor as well. You guys yeah, are really definitely. good compliment to each other. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. and I think from my side, I think that there's a lot of, obviously, you being the youngest player, you playing with a certain level of maturity that others seem to have lacked. Also having a great sense of awareness, which is great. And I say awareness because early on we saw you calling the right moves, which is a great part of the game. And we had, I, I like the fact that I got Carla on the line because when she was on the line, I still said at some point, you know, Tyson's going to do whatever it takes. And if it means throwing Kieran under the bus, he will at some stage because he looks like he's like, he's the sole survivor and he'll do whatever it takes to win. But at some point, you know, you, you managed to stick with Kieran and I think that's credit. But what I want to find out is if you did go to the end with him, did you think you would have beaten him? Especially when we're looking at from the social perspective, you let him do the social part of the game. And you did the other side of the game. So would you have beaten him if you went to the end? Mm. Um, I think he stood a better chance to win because of the sort of fact that he's probably I had to my my game was sort of an unorthodox approach to a jury that fine. I didn't do jury management. I'll openly admit that it's very evident, but I was gonna pitch myself in the sense that. I played a game so bold and so fearless and 
I'm the one who had to prove themselves like in front of these guys. I was taking all the hits and not once did I take the easy way out and try to throw someone else under the bus for being the target because it's not easy knowing that the entire tribe is coming for you but mm. and not trying anything to sort of sway and point at someone else that's right next to you and throw them under the bus just to save yourself. So I would have pitched the fact that I didn't play it scared. I played it in front of all you guys. When all of you came for me, I stood right in front of you and said, what's up? So I would have tried to appeal to the respect of the game that I played and not against Kieran. And you would have legitimately, you would have sat there in the final two or three with Kieran. Would you, yeah, were you never yeah. concerned about that? So that's cool. Because I've, I've never no, understood that. I don't it. understand why people would take the strong people with them. I would go for like the weakest player I can find to up your odds. Even this week when um, Chappies was yeah. considering keeping you, I was like, that is such a bad move. That is a dumbass move. Because if he had kept you and he had gone up against you, there's a good chance that he wouldn't have won. Even when I was speaking to Chappies during my pitch, I told him what I was telling him, but then I still said to him like, I understand that you want to maximize your odds of winning. So you want you would sit with someone weaker than myself. So I understand that logic. It's the best way to go, honestly speaking. But the bond Kieran and I had created and our goal to sit there at the end together was so cemented in my in my head. And I trusted in that vision one hundred percent that I wanted the game to move that way. I wanted to be a game changer where everyone's expecting me to go against this person. I don't know how many people asked me if I'd eventually try to vote against Kieran. But I owe, hmm. my answer was always no. I never lied about that. That's cool. Always, that's a name I'll never yeah. write down. And I do believe that Kieran probably felt the same way. I think that's why you guys, you guys are such a great team. And I think, you yeah. guys, yes, you guys came close, eh? You were almost there. Yeah. I actually would have liked <laughs> to have seen that, the showdown, because how do you even lobby against somebody when you guys are that tough in the game? Mm, yeah, yeah, I get you. <laughs> Uh, Tyson, we've got Joseph here asking a, a very nice question. He's saying that fire-making challenge a few episodes ago was epic. That's the first thing he says. And then he says, did you mm. know how to build the fire before going to the show? And what did you think of Sean's commentary while you were doing or while you were watching it back? Um, firstly, going into the fire challenge, I'd never touched a flint. Never mind using one. I'd never touched a flint in my life. <laughs> So there's a moment where the setup was being made for the fire challenge and Chappies was giving Santini some pointers. I just eavesdropped on what Chappies was saying. And that's what I applied when I tried. Like I tried to figure it out. And then I remembered what Chappies was saying to Santini. I applied that and I made the fire and, you know, the rest is history. So, yeah, I'd never, I've, I'd never done it. I still haven't. That's the one and only time in my entire life that I've touched a flint. So had you never used the flint before that? <laughs> Sorry? Mm -mm. Had you never I'd used ne the flint before that? No, I'd never even touched those. The first time oh! I saw a flint, the first time I saw a flint, <laughs> like the first time I saw it was, um, there's a reward challenge that happened in the season where the one tribe got, oh, no, no, no. Chappies won the thing from Jason, mm -hmm. I guess Jason. And I still never saw the flint. But when Nico was tossing it to the other tribe at the challenge after that, that's the first time I saw a flint. So I'd never yes. seen one. I'd never used one. And now I have to fight for my life using this thing that I've never even seen in my life. Well, How confident did you feel one? going? 
Um, how confident saying. did you feel going into that fire-making thing, Tyson? Because it seemed to me like you were quite confident. I must be honest, watching it, I was like, Santoni literally does not stand a chance. And then it seemed to have um, been quite tight. Did you did you get a fright? The thing, the thing that now the thing is, I keep hearing the commentary and I keep hearing like the reactions because she had it going a lot like a lot sooner than I did. Mm. But I knew that I can't look over. And the one thing that genuinely for me, it was like I've fought so hard in this game so far. I've done so many things, and to lose to lose my spot in this game in a challenge against somebody who had never won a challenge that would have crushed me. So that was like, just don't lose. Just don't lose. Just keep going. Don't lose. Don't lose. And it worked out. Some stressful stuff. Tyson, before we move on from the Kieran thing, I think Hilfard's asking you a, a really good question. He's saying, had you made it to the end with Kieran, what would you be, or what would be your plea to the jury to win over Kieran? It's the same thing that I'm saying. Like, my, I never played it scared. For me, that was the biggest thing that I wanted to to show people that the conventional way, like the, I used to hear so many people saying, I don't want to come across as the leader. I don't want to look like I'm doing this. I don't want to look. So I wanted to say, you can do this and get to the end with it. And the only thing that I did more than anybody else was I put my money where my mouth is most of the time. Even when you came for me, I never folded. I stood my ground. And when I had to do the same thing like the fire challenge, when I had to put my money where my mouth is and play idols in a way to save an entire, an entire alliance, I took the biggest risks. I'm mm. the one who basically stood. It was like a baptism of fire throughout that whole season. Like, and I stood my ground. So that was my main thing against Kieran. I knew that Kieran was more social. I knew that he's going to pitch a straight... Like, it's very, Kieran's the most articulate person as well, so... It would have been extremely yeah. tough, but I wasn't like at the back of my mind. It was also the thing of if it if my approach doesn't work, there's still nobody else I'd rather lose to than Kieran. Yeah, and talking about your big bold moves, I mean the one the one game change, so to speak. Jeffrey was talking about it before you hopped on in terms of Chappies being a big threat. You know, he got he, you know you kept him around. You obviously saved him. You gave him the idol. That was a big bold move. And it seemed like there was some sort of rapport between the two of you, but that relationship quickly unraveled. And I don't know if you want to touch on it, because one of the things Cornet is saying, you're saying, do you regret the way or, or your relationship or lack of relationship with Chappies unfolded? So what went wrong there? Um, I think with Chappies and myself, we were never really close or free. Like we played the game. He played it on one side. I played it on the other side. He was always that way doing his own thing. I was always this way doing his own thing, because I figured very early that we're two personalities that are definitely going to clash at some point. So I kept my distance from this guy. But I was willing to work with him. Like, everyone at that six-man alliance at Merge was everyone I was prepared to work with at that point. And up until I heard that they were coming for me, that's when I changed. I felt like I retaliated and reacted more than instigated everything that happened. I reacted to the self the selfishness because I was a selfless person around camp. I reacted to people coming for me because I never came for mm. anyone first. So it's it's just those things. So I feel like we're just completely out with two strong personalities and we played it on a different side. So it was bound to be a clash because we disagreed on a lot. And then looking back at it, where you say you, you respect his gameplay, but you don't respect the man, do you still share a similar sentiment or do you, have you, has that altered a little bit? No, 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 no. No, looking back, obviously I understand that it's a game. But when you're in the game, 
it's not a game to you because like the same thing we were saying earlier, when you're in the game, you're so consumed by everything happening to you because it's actually happening. When you're looking at it and watching it from TV, it's entertaining. Like, oh, this guy's a piece of shit. Oh, that's entertaining. This guy's so sneaky. That's entertaining. But when you're on the receiving end of that, it's not as entertaining. It's not as fun. Exactly. So I respect the gameplay. It's very entertaining. It's very smart to get people that riled up to a point where maybe they're losing focus and they start focusing on you more than focusing on their own game. It's brilliant. But when mm. you're on the receiving end of that, it's not as impressive to you. Like you like it's, It basically puts you off. So, I mean, I know Chappie's now. I respect him as a man. The game is entertaining. But when you're on the receiving end yeah. of that game, you know, it becomes more than just a game to you. because It's, it's, it's basically real life for that moment. Yeah, but then, so on that note, when you, you come out saying, you know, if you had to play again, you play more aggressively, would you take a little bit more from the Chappie's handbook if you had to play again? Or what else do you mean by in terms of playing aggressively? And I suppose, Jeffrey, if you had to play a game, I also, I'm posing the question to you, what would you do differently once Tyson's answered? Yeah, it's actually quite strange because our task was mentioning again about how, um, you know, people don't understand by watching it how intense it is when you're actually living in that situation. And it's strange for me because the people that I backed have been, like, if I think about it nicely, because, I mean, I was there, I would really have disliked them. I mean, like, Santini is quite confrontational, um, and Chappie's with the ceiling fears. I mean, I was hungry. I was hungry when I was there. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. In my mind, I would like to play a more DMS game. I'd like to be more like Chappie's with my own little diner around the corner and throw people's socks into fire and those types of things. Um, but yeah, you know, you'll never know until you're actually there. I think if you're living the situation, it's just going to feel real there. Mm. And on my side, I feel like, um, I wouldn't take the food stealing and all those things that Chappies was doing from him, but I'd definitely be more aggressive in the sense that there's certain things that I used to hold back on doing. Like, um, I didn't say certain things cause I didn't want to upset people or I held back from being as involved in other things because I felt like I would like it's just if I had to go back again, I wouldn't hold back. And it'd also be aggressive in the sense that I'd be more social. So that makes okay. me that puts me that puts me in better positions to deceive more people. Because I never played a deceptive game. I always stood where I stood and strategized with the people around me. I was never the ones, never the one going around and you know, misleading people or lying and saying i'm going to vote yeah. so everyone knew that i was if i wasn't voting with you you knew i wasn't voting with you that's the kind of player yeah. i was but more more an aggressive side would be being more devious like these other guys and finding more ways to outwit as opposed to being so rigid and standing on one side yeah so then on that note though and say if you had to if you're looking back and you're seeing a possible missed opportunity and going if i would be more social that moment with the nest i mean when we're watching them back on tv it's case in point you're choosing not to engage with her. That's where she drew the line in the sand. And the script for her changes, but she's going to start coming after you. Do you think maybe, looking back at it, that was something you could have cultivated slightly better? Yeah, most, one, most definitely, 100%. And another thing would be my relationship with Nicole. Nicole spent the most time with me more than anybody else at camp because we shared two tribes together. And, you know, out of once Kieran was gone, Nicole was the only person I'd spent more time with. The most time with so but nicole and i being that close in the game or being each other that much we never talked about the game at all not once did nicole and i sit as a pair 
and talk about a strategy of some sort or try to fall. We never did. Like we always just cordial, you know? So those are things that I'll try to do more and, you know, I'd make more of an effort on the social part because in this, I just felt like I got so consumed then when that happens, I'd rather retract because I know that I can be rude. I know that I can be aggressive. I know that I can be confrontational. So I'd rather distance myself from, from, you know, engaging with these people just to save myself from basically lashing out and being impulsive in what I do because I'm very impulsive. It's fair enough. I suppose we've got a question that's been on everyone's lips and one you've probably answered all day. Why Nicole, Tyson? Why Nicole? I think uh, I've touched <laughs> on the fact that, that Dino's already he's okay. defended your case on Twitter. If you haven't seen it, go see what Dino's opinion is, but we're going to hear it straight from Tyson and hear his rationale behind the decision not to work with Tyson, uh, with Chappie, so to speak. Okay, so I read Dino's thing and it's not far off at all. But like basically... How it started was after my conversation with Chappies, he tells me I'll think about it, right? So I go back mm-hmm. at camp and I'm going about my day now, knowing that I'm waiting on Chappies' decision. And just before we leave for tribal, he calls me to the side and he says, I'll vote with you. I've made up my mind. I'll vote with you. So that's he's doing that to give me false hope just for the sake of messing with me. And he says this to Smash. That comes back to me through Smash. Oh wow! Right. So I'm going okay. into I'm going into tribal council, knowing that this guy is messing with me. He doesn't know that I know, but I know that he's messing with me for the sake of you know giving me false hope. And then we get to tribal, we find out it's a final two. Now Chappies calls me to the side, and I'm thinking, okay, he's taking another moment to miss to me one last time, one last moment of deception before I leave the game. And at the same time, I'm looking at that final three he's proposing of Chappies, Nicole, self. I'm injured. Win's challenge. I'm not going to beat Nicole and I'm not going to beat Chappies. I can try to beat Chappies at endurance, but I'm not beating Nicole. I know that for a fact. So... It's a final three-way. If Nicole wins, Nicole, in my head, they're both going to pick each other and I'm going to be third anyway. So what's the point? The final three that looks more appealing to me is Anila, who I have had a a relationship with since Zamba, and Chappies. If Anila wins, by any chance, you take me. And if I win, I'll take Anila. That's a higher probability to win as opposed to being in a three with Chappies and Nicole where... um, basically gonna be third anyway so i'd rather take a risk on letting anila decide how it goes as opposed to letting chappies who i didn't genuinely believe at the time so then looking back at it and seeing anila's decision what did you think about it um i understood because they had already expressed while kieran was there that they're gonna vote me and kieran out that it's it's with respect that i want to sit next to us at the final so it was a thing of, I understood, because Chappies kept winning so much, it derailed everything we had planned. So at that point, I didn't hold anything against Anila. I understood the decision. Obviously, I would have liked it to go another way. And the reason why I say I don't regret it is because I played my whole game on taking risks. So I took one last risk on hoping Anila's going to flip. Before I went to vote, I turned back to him and said, he knew where my vote was going. And the words I said to him were stick to the plan. That was the last thing I said to Anila. 
So I took a risk on Anela's flipping his vote because he's the proven flipper in the season, as opposed to trying to work with Chappies, who I was already so upset at for trying to mess with me for just for the sake of it. Yeah, I think that all makes sense. I don't know, Jeff. Do you want to add on anything? Any other angle that maybe you missed? But when you're hearing it straight from Tyson's mouth, I don't think anyone can fault him for doing that. Yeah, it's making a lot more sense to me now. I was wondering, like, who else did you think was voting with you? Um, but, I mean, if you legitimately thought Anela was voting with him, there's been so many twists in the game, no one really knows who's going to pull what out. Um, what else do you do? And you're at the bottom like that, you scramble for whatever you can find. Hmm. But no, most definitely. at the moment, of... like... oh, continue. Sorry, I'm, okay. I've just got a bit no, no, of an no, anger. So forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. No, no, go ahead. No, carry on, bro. No, I was <laughs> basically just echoing what I was echoing what Jeff was saying because there's so many things that happen. There's so many conversations that happen, and even within that tribal council, it was, it was chaos in a sense. So all these things that happen, and in the moment you feel how you feel, and at the end of the day. It's a game where you can't trust anyone, but you have to put you have to put your trust in someone. And at that stage, Nicole, I'd never worked with or talked to about Survivor at all. Chappies is my rival, and Anela is the only other person I'd ever worked with. So let me trust that because there's a higher probability there, maybe, that it works out for me. And it didn't, but um, I still don't regret it because it was an informed decision based on what had happened and the relationships that we had. Yeah, that's fair enough. And when you're looking back at the, you, you speak about the relationship you had with Nicole. Was there nothing, no inkling going, maybe I can persuade Nicole yeah, but I suppose you wanted to get her out. But when you, when you leave, nah. you, yep. No, no, no. I'm saying with Nicole, I knew I, I couldn't persuade her. I knew because Kieran, Kieran was so close with Nicole and even he failed. So I knew that I can't, I can't think, I can't, um, persuade nicole but i can with smash because nicole and i are very very cool i like her so much and then but smash were genuine genuine boys like that like we we obviously started our secret alliance at zamba and we'd never lied to one another even when he blindsided kieran he tried to keep my name out of it and then we got to the five he's the one who brought up my injury so that they vote for kieran before me and he kept me up until he couldn't keep me anymore maybe so on that, that that's what i'm thinking but on that note, Tyson, the League of Shadows, how did that come about? Who came up with the name? Um, sorry, I'm just trying to charge my phone so it doesn't die. Anela came up with the name, but it obviously comes from the relationship that Smash and I established at, at, at Zamba. Smash and I established this relationship at Zamba. Kieran is also around because because Kieran is close to me, so it makes sense for them to sort of have a relationship going. Smash expresses that he wants to work with us, and at that point, I was interested at work in, in working with Anela. But because Anela and Warda had them, it was hard to get them lines, so Smash and I had an agreement that, okay, you'll play a game that way, I'll play my game this side, when my name comes up, you tell me. When my name, when your name comes up, I'll tell you. Because Smash and I had that understanding all the way through, and we genuinely got along. We like the same music. We used to rap the same songs almost every day. And once it made sense to actually have an actual alliance, then it just happened because I'm already close with Smash, and I'm even closer to Kieran. So Smash gave us that name, and you know, the rest is history.
didn't last that long after we named it, but it lasted before that. <laughs> <long. laughs> uh, Jeff, is there anything else you want to ask while we've got the man in focus? No, I think that uh, he's covered most of the basis there. I know that um, you said that you approached Anella because you weren't quite sure if you know you were going to be able to get Nicole on your side. And I know that you also touched on the fact that you hadn't really spoken much game with her. And I do understand as well how difficult that can be because I had the situation with Letitia in my own season as well where I'd kind of written her off thinking that she was going to be like an early boot. And then by the time I actually needed her, I hadn't actually spoken game with her. So, yeah, mm. I, I understand. I think that you can go out knowing that you literally did exhaust every option. I'm not quite sure what else you could have done in that instance. Yeah. Uh, even going to Chappies and, and pleading that whole, do you want to sit next to somebody who's strong or weak? Uh, it's literally all you could have done. He would have been very stupid to have gone for it, but I, I understand. I mean, <laughs> it's one of those situations. The game plays you, it throws you those curveballs where you've just actually just kind of got to accept your fate sometimes and you get a good fight. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. Yes, yeah, so Tyson, if we had to look at you and we had to say between Kieran and yourself and we look at the Chelsea squad, who's Lukaku and who's Mason Mount? Um, I think I'd be Lukaku and Kieran's Mason Mount because... <laughs> uh, it's, right. it's just I was the, I was more brute than he was like I, I was more aggressive than he was and he's more you know calculated he's more behind the scenes he's more putting in the work that actually matters that I look good off of so it was that good balance and I, yeah I think I was Lukaku and he would have been the creative behind that yeah oh, nice we got Chris Dixon saying he wants to ask about your family visit the brotherly love that appears to you have with your friend. How, like, what is this friendship like? How way back do you go? Um, the thing, Anita and I, we knew each other since, we knew of each other since, like, high school. But we never really became friends until about 2018. But once we became friends, it's like, it's, it's in a way, it's in the same, same thing like Kieran. Because we hadn't known each other for long once we got together, but you get to know this person's mind and you just click instantly. I like having like-minded people around me. So the reason why, you know, Kieran, I got that close with him because I respected the way he thinks and his personality. And it's exactly the same as Andy. Oh, nice. So now you got two brothers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, do you still talk to any any of the people from your season that you have similar relationship or not not quite? Yeah, it's actually quite crazy how these sort of intense emotional connections come in such a small amount of time. Um, I'd always promised myself before I got into the game that I'd never let that happen. And I mean, you guys are suffering together, so you're like literally almost dying in the shelter. So mm. there's a few of them that I love very, very much. There's a few of them that I really still can't stand. I can't even like bury the bridges. Um, but, John, yeah, no, I still speak to Mikey. I'm actually seeing him this weekend. Um, still have a chat to Mubba every now and then. And apart from that, life is just busy. Eh? Every now and then we'll check in with each other, the rest of us. But, you know, not so much. Okay. Well, that's all right. That's okay. But, Tyson, in terms of the first time, the family visit, 
Joseph saying, you know, Santini has said it was the first time she saw you smile was at the family visit. Is that true? Did you only smile that time during the whole game? I think there's truth to it because a lot of, well, everyone else mentioned that it's the first time they'd seen that side of me. It's the first time they'd seen me happy and showing emotion like that because for the most part of the game, I chose to be emotionless and just be no poker face all the way through and when I look back at it on screen, it's a lot worse than I thought it was in my head. It just looks like I'm mad all the time and I'm just angry and quiet. And so I think, yeah, she's right. I never really smiled that much. <laughs> so is that something you would do if you had to play a game, smile a little bit more? Yeah, I would be a lot friendlier and more, yeah, because I mean, in order to be social, you have to be more friendlier than I was. So it's definitely something that I'd add to my game. Yeah, and so was there any point in the? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no go ahead. Uh, did you find Tyson in, at any points of the game that you were able to just relax and be yourself, uh, besides family visits, or was it always game on? Because I know, like you said, that watching it, it back, was... you always look angry. I remember watching back mine, and I just looked so concerned and worried the whole time. Um, so, did you find it like a time in the game where you were just able to just sort of be yourself? The first time I found it. I found that time in the game was when Chappie Smash and um, Santini went off to the immunity challenge and Nicole and I, Nicole, myself and Kieran were the only only people left at camp. Nicole went to catch a tan and she was gone for quite a while. So it was just me and Kieran around camp. And I finally had to relax. I got a chance to relax and not think about anything else. And having conversations with people. So I think that was the very first time it was then we need to take a moment to recharge and, you know, not think about the game. Did I, so I didn't catch much of that. Did you catch mm. any of that, Jeff? I got, uh, I got the gist of it, I think. So you were saying that at that stage you were able to just sort of when, relax. Can you guys not hear me? You're sort of breaking up a bit. No, but you're fine now. You're good um, now. You're good we, now. But we didn't yeah, you're good. You're back. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Tyson, you speak about how taxing you were or how taxing it was to be this Terminator sort of figure. No, we're just going to go with the Terminator as, as the, the metaphor. <laughs> and as soon as, you get back, as, as, as soon as you get back to Ponderosa, you're like, oh, it just feels so good to be myself again. It feels good to wear my heart in the sleeve. How hard mm. was that to play the game and then just trying to contain all of that? Because Jeff, has, he touches on the fact that, you know, there are points where we see you have your outbursts. But how taxing was it on you personally, apart from not eating and everything else, just to be able to be like, you know, I can't really be myself. It was very hard because, I mean, in my experience, added on to the fact that you hiding a part of yourself from everyone else, everyone else is coming for you. So mm -hmm. being an emotional person and being um, a passionate person like myself, you're coming back from tribal council and you know you have to now coexist with these people that are that just written your name down and all those things were tough. So what I did was invest all that emotional, all that emotional stuff on one person, which was Kieran. That's why when he left, I cried and it was genuine tears because I decided that I'll pour it out on, on this one person. I'll care about this person and you know, I'll be I'll be genuine to this person and everyone else doesn't get to see that. So investing mm -hmm. it in one person, I think, is what helped. But it was extremely difficult because there's a lot of moments where I had to bite my tongue or I 
couldn't react and I had to like tame my impulses, which was extremely hard. So I think, yeah, it was very, very hard for me. And your injury, how's your injury doing now? You're right. Now, two weeks after we left, I, I was fine again. So I'm all right now. Okay, that's good. What was wrong exactly? Just so everyone knows, because I, I still asked the question last week going to Kieran saying, was it not potentially Tyson trying to weaken himself so he could go one step further in the game? And Kieran's like, no, bro, that, that was never on the cards. So he was genuinely hurt. So I'm just curious, what, what, is, what was the issue there? I was genuinely hurt. And you know, the opposite of what you said actually happened because when we found out that these guys are going to write Kieran's name down, I tried to stand up in camp in front of Smash and Nicole and do some squats acting like I'm fine again to make them reconsider. Yeah. I don't know what I was doing, but I was trying something to not make them vote for Kieran. So, but what had happened was um, at the at the challenge that Chappie's second win, the ropes thing, where I had an advantage. Um, going through those ropes, I think I pulled a muscle in my thigh, like awkwardly or something, but I just kept going. So every day after that day, the muscle in my thigh just kept getting worse and worse in terms of hindering my movement and just being sore. So that like, um, four days down the line, I think where we had where we had the buckets challenge, hanging and yeah. hanging buckets, and you know that Chappie's won that. So when we had that, like when Nico says survivors ready, go because it's the first time I, I had to sprint to a point. I took three steps and I started limping. I took three steps and stopped, and I started limping that whole challenge through. That's when I knew that like there's something wrong. So. To me, it felt like a tear, but it wasn't that bad to know to be pulled out of the game. And then when that happens, do you get treatment straight afterwards or how does that work? Um, when, when it got worse, because we we're walking to the final five immunity challenge, I think, and the walk from the beach to the challenge site was the first time I had to walk a distance. And for me, I stopped halfway through because I couldn't walk anymore. So then they get the medic to come check you and... That's when I got the strapping and other stuff. So it's it's they you you basically get checked if you if you're good enough to continue with the game, or if it's bad, then they tell you that. Um, yeah, I was just hoping because like before we left, I, I said to these guys that it's like going out in the semifinal, going down and you can't play. You're already there. You want to participate in all the games. So I was just hoping it's not bad enough to be pulled off. Okay. Well, that's not too bad. Uh, Chris Dixon having a question for Jeffrey saying, would you have a, who would you have aligned with on the season had you played? Yeah, it's difficult because I think you've got to really be there um, because even in my own season, the people that I aligned with weren't people that I would have aligned with in everyday life. Um, to me, I believe that the person I would have got along with would have been maybe Santini um, because I think our personalities are quite similar. But... <laughs> I honestly don't know. I really don't. I suppose I would have just taken whoever would have me at that point. <laughs> looking, looking back at it, between the two of you, when you had to see the season play out, now you're off the island, were there certain things that you said that you kind of regretted or certain things that you said where you were like, no, I'm actually, I'm happy that I said that? Um, I there's made... certain things. I'm oh, sorry. Okay, girl, go on, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sorry, man. Um, there's very little in my game, um, there's very little that I'm happy with. The whole thing played out. I'm happy with the edits. Um, yeah, there's not much. There's people that I wish I 
<laughs> when you're in the situation, you you play it to best your ability, and I'm quite happy with it. So. Yeah, and for me as well, I don't think I regret anything that I said um, because at that moment, in my in my position, I'm not a survivor super fan, so I was never really aware of. Like the, the things that happened with Chappies, the, those things were affecting me personally because like it's happening to me, you know? So in those moments, I don't regret my stance on it, but looking back, I wouldn't hold the same approach because now I understand the game a lot more. So it's just those things where I'm proud of the moments where I was extremely perceptive and I, w- I was calling things exactly how they were happening. So mm. those things I was like, yeah, every time I saw that happening, I was like, yeah, I'm proud I said that because, you know, it's it's a good read on the game. But, yeah, I don't think I regret anything that actually went on. I wouldn't have went on the rant at Tribal Council if I had to do it again. <laughs> but I don't regret the fact that I did because it was entertaining. Yeah, no no doubt. <laughs> you, that was solid entertainment. <laughs> I was literally just asking, thinking of the same situation when I went on that rant with Dante and Merrill in my season as well. Maybe I do regret that. Uh, I do think that I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to play this massive game and actually ended up shooting myself in the foot. Before we move, before we move on to the the golden spear and the wooden spoon section of the show, when you leave, Tyson, you say you smash all the way. Now I'm curious. I'm going to also ask Jeff. When we're looking at the final three left. Who, firstly, from a Jeff neutral perspective, who are you leaning towards as as a fan and as a former player of the game? I really do believe that Chappies deserves to win. Um, I think that he's ticked most of the boxes. I can't imagine that he was pleasant to play with. I, I touched on it earlier on. I think if I'd played with him in the game, I would have despised him to this day. Um, but he's been a challenge beast. Uh, his social game hasn't been so great, I suppose, but um, he's got the outwit and the outlast, but 100%, with the stealing food so he can dominate those challenges. Uh, out of the three, to me, he's a forerunner, clearly. Um, yeah, and then probably second, Nicole, and then Anela. Anela. So, and as Tyson begs the question, when you did get voted off and you're like, smash all the way, is that just because of the relationship you had with him personally or because... When you looked at his game and the, the parts that you know that he played that we seemingly aren't seeing, is there something that we're missing in terms of what he has to offer, in terms of what he has done um, on the game? The reason, the reason, the reason, oh, the reason for sorry, the reason for that comment was my last day at camp. After I feel like I've done all I can to try and get these people to turn one of them and save myself, I ex- I accepted my fate. So okay, I'm going out. So what Smash and I ended up doing was I ended up giving him pointers on how to pitch to a jury because Smash is very articulate. He's a rugby coach. Everyone likes him. And he's been to the most tribal councils. So I was like, in a sense, like we were going through his game and hearing what he had to say and what to add to his final pitch or whatever. So I supported him as a brother in that regard. But also when I went, when I walked out, of tribal council and the interview that you guys see at the end of the episode i said they asked me who i believe will win the final challenge and i said who i believe will win the final challenge and that's that 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 decision also informed why i said okay i think smash is in a very good position to win if it happens but obviously i said it back at camp chappies has the best resume i said if i'm not there you definitely have the best resume that's no secret i mean i mean the man's a beast and he's done really really well for himself so 
Yeah, I think yeah. that decision was more motivated by the fact that Smash was really close to me at that point, and I was just in support of him. Because even when I walked out, I just said to Smash, bring it home, boy. Okay. Interesting. I like that. I like seeing that. But no, okay, we're going to move on. And we're going to go time for the Golden Spear. And this is the moment in the show where we discuss about the player who made the best move for the episode. And obviously, we know the numbers are dwindling. So we've got less nominations. But we're going to start off with Jeff, and he's going to nominate who he thinks... Who, by the way, you've won a Golden Spear in the past, just putting that out there. But you're also going to say... That's amazing, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the so the highlights you... of my life. Um, <laughs> I, do, I do think that the Golden Spear has to go to Chappies. Um, only because yeah. he won that challenge. He got all of those advantages. I'm all for the food stealing. Like I said, if I was there, it would be awful. But he's really... and He's owned his game as well. I mean, he's literally saying to the people, I'm stealing your food. Yeah, we go um and i think when you're playing the game you're so concerned about what people think of you and me being on the jury for as long as i was all you really want is for someone to own his game so the fact that he's able to own his game if he carries on doing it he's won all those challenges um yeah no, i think he's the clear one are you agreeing with that or are you gonna do you have someone else to to mention there tyson no, my thing with the Golden Spear, I'd also be Chappies because at this point in the game, as much as stra- strategically, I'd lean towards Nicole because she did unfold, she kept her vote, and it was to, to the best of her interest. I didn't feel like Chappies' vote was strategic at all. It was just because Anela had just beaten me, maybe let's vote him out. But I do give it to Chappies because at Final Four, if he doesn't win, he's leaving. And he's doesn't really matter you need that immunity and winning that thing is the biggest thing in the game you d- like all the conversations that are happening and all the confusion he's the only one who knew you were safe because he put himself in that position so i'd have to give it to him yeah fair enough and i suppose he does get huge advantage in terms of the reward getting an su on his side getting rid of warda which oh, is yes, very yes, definitely i mean that's also a huge a huge thing to be able mm-hmm. to speak to a jury member and also vote someone out. Epic. In, in a way, if there's really a four, if there's really like a split down the middle within the votes at the end, and you had influence in getting someone out and swaying the votes one side, I mean, that's also another huge thing that you could have done for the whole season. So definitely I'll give yeah. it to him. And out of curiosity, once he did that, and once he had that lunch with Anesu, and he came back to camp, was there a change in his demeanor? Was there a little spring in his step? Um... You know, Chappies is such an awkward and weird character sometimes. You just, certain <laughs> things you don't even read too much into. You're just saying, oh, this Chappies being Chappies. But he definitely did come back with like full of life. And because to him at that point in the game as well, another thing to filter in was he was certain that the game is over. He said, okay, now that we've made final three, he was sure that it's a final three and he's won. So he's basically done. He's made it. He's made it in. He's won the season. So he was just moving a lot more confidently, being a lot more easy. So I didn't read much into what the the breakfast was about, but we all knew that it was an issue. We said it amongst ourselves. Okay, and I think you guys, you you're happy with your nominations. Are you? There's nothing else seeping in there. Maybe Nickel for maybe bringing to the table <laughs> and saying, "Listen, guys, you know it's not a it's not a final three. It's a final two. I think that was the biggest twist. That was the one thing that 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 punched them in the mouth because it was something completely unexpected. Like everyone was so relaxed 
Like it was switched off. Easy vote. Tyson's out. But that whole twist and what it did to that tribal council and the confusion it caused. And I mean, it ended up being a 2-1-1 split where it could have been a 2-2 or just a 4-3. So, yeah, I think, yeah, that was that was a twist that nobody expected. Kieran actually pointed it out early in the season that he thinks it's a final two. But he's the only, he's the only person that I ever heard saying it. And what, what made him point that out? Because everyone thought it was a final three, which I don't understand why, because normally it's not, we don't normally Let get me back tell to you something. Season. Let me tell yes. you something. Kieran mentioned, Kieran mentioned that um, there's going to be something where jury member gets voted off. He said that. He called her. With his, How did he call he her? He said that in the island. He said that, that because we were looking at these 12 people but he, he thinks it's going to be a final two. If it's a final two and there's 10 jury members, one has to get voted off. And he literally called it that, that there might be something where a jury member gets voted off. He said this like, I can back him up 100%. He called it. So he's the only person, because everyone else didn't think that would happen. So he's the only person who saw it that way. And what but he is, was what incredibly... Oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. No, I was saying he was incredibly perceptive, but actually at some like at some of the points as well when I was watching, I'm thinking, how do you know this? How did you pick this up? Like he'll just read into a body language or something. Mm. Um, no, it's incredible. It's incredible. Perceptive. So it's it's a good thing to watch. Yeah, it's extremely perceptive. And I was next with literally every single day. So I knew how this guy's mind works. And that's why I was so focused on playing this game with him because I knew that my game was in the right hands. I was strategizing with the right person. And I genuinely felt like outside of the two of us, there's nobody else who can who can match us with strategy just because of how we look at things. And it helped the fact that I was coming into it with a blank page. So I wasn't so survivor crazy in the decisions mm -hmm. I was making. And it balances out someone who's a super fan. And also a strategic mind. So... Were you guys, you or Kieran, uh, you're breaking up a little bit. Um, were you and Kieran ever concerned about throwing a target on your back by being so close to each other? Did you ever try to like downplay your bromance? Or because I remember when we merged, me and Mike, um, we tried to pretend we... like we weren't like such good friends. We did speak about it, but then what helped us was even though we were as close as we were and not changing anything. Everyone else thought me and Warda were the two. So mm. they just always saw Kieran as a third wheel, which helped us because he wasn't the third wheel. He's actually my best friend. You know, yeah. so we didn't have to move away from one another because everybody already had the wrong, percep the wrong perception of our dynamic. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a nice little blind side there from your side, Tyson. Um, but talking about a blind side, though, what are they getting voted out and not expecting it? What is the feeling in that council, the jury council, when she got, did she have to pack her stuff and leave for the second time in the show? Um, we, had an, we had an idea that, like, if it's, if it's going to be someone, it has to be Wardo Kieran because it's, it made sense. Like they were the closest to me and Chappies was against me. And, but like Warda and Chappies really at some point there was friction there. and they left on a bad note. So I knew that Warda was going to be voted out. It made sense. So I wasn't surprised by it. 
But like, I think that most people knew that it was going to go that way. I feel it wasn't a surprise. I'll put it that way. I think she knew it as well. And I think she was dreading as soon as that, that sort of part of the clue was revealed. She was like, oh, shit, here mm. it goes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pack myself. Yeah. yeah. Did everyone feel that? I knew exactly what was going on. Yeah, I think everyone felt that. Like, I don't think anyone um, outside of maybe Sean or Rene, I don't know, because I saw them, like, hugging each other just before the name was read or whatever. But I, I, I didn't think anybody felt like they were more in danger than Warda because Warda had actual friction with this person who now has a voter jury member off. Yeah, I know watching it from my side as well, I thought, thank Flip, they didn't have this advantage or this thing in my season because I would have gone home. <laughs> <laughs> they would have sucked. It would have been either me or Meryl, but one of the two of us was going home. So rather one than me. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. So we're gonna, I'm going to count down from three and you're going to say your Golden Spear nomination, but you've got to throw it and they've got to be some sound effects. Okay, you ready? You got that. And you, you're a creative director, Tyson, so I'm expecting something really colorful from your end. No ah, pressure. Okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> now you've just added pressure with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. Chappers! I didn't hear you. <laughs> oh, Jeffrey. I think I was lying. Oh, the problem, Charles? Tyson, what are Tyson's we supposed to be doing right now? <laughs> Tyson, listen, Jeffrey left you hanging there, bro. I don't know about a future yeah, All-Star Alliance here. She left, yeah, she left, he left me hanging, Jeff. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm good for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations, Chappies. He's cleaning up. And also, another thing to note, I mean, they speak about the amount of immunity challenges he's won. He's won now, tied record five. Uh, Ashley yeah. Hayden also won five. I think if he wins one more, and I think this is even in comparison to the American franchise, I think the record is five in total. He breaks so he the wins record. the next one. Yeah. He breaks the record, yeah. yeah. So talking about no pressure, that's extra. And I think you talk about it. I think you said in your Ponderosa video, you were like, you know, he was all calm. He was very confident that this was a final three. Nico says the thing that he does, and now he gets all shook up. And I'm very curious to see how that plays out moving forward for his game in terms of the challenge. Because now, whatever you thought he had accomplished, yeah. No, because like it's a, it's, it's, it goes back to the whole thing where he came back from um, Anesui breakfast and he was just so relaxed and confident that the game is over. So I think he switched off for a little bit from his mentality, that, that, that mindset that he had. So the, the twist in itself is brilliant because it shakes things up. And as someone who feels like you have it under control, you have it in the bag and it gets taken away from you or you get, it gets shaken up, you can't not go into another challenge or go into another day of this game and not thinking that I need to get it back together again. So I'm interested to see how he does. Maybe he breaks the record. We're going to have to see. You're going to watch it and see it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It'll be, uh, look, it'll be all, I'm all for a South African breaking the record across all su- uh, survivors, and that would be something. Um, time for the wooden spoon. This is obviously the moment of the show where the players made the worst move on the episode that we viewed last night. So, Tyson, Jeffrey, open up the last one. Let's hear your nominations. Who deserves the wooden spoon? I'd give myself the wooden spoon. Just there's the one that I'm giving it to myself. I'd give it. I'd give it to myself because no, I'd give it to myself because I, at the end of the day, made the wrong move. As much as I made, I took a risk to try and win the game as opposed to um, evading mm-hmm. defeat. It, it still was the wrong move, and I'm still the person whose torch got snubbed. So I read it wrong. 
because of the context, but at the end of the day, I got voted out, so it has to be me. Jeffrey, you want to elaborate? Um, no. <laughs> I, think you're being, I think you're being too diplomatic, Tyson. <laughs> Either way, I'm going to say someone, you get to nominate yourself. This is rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> so who do you nominate this? Um, Yes, it's difficult. There. I've been pondering over it as well. Um, I don't really believe that anybody made like an awful move. I would have to choose. I know this is your, your buddy, Tyson. I'm feeling awful about this. But I think I would have to choose Anela only because of his opinion of himself. I think that he thinks that he played a much better game than he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, isn't, that is like a valid point, though. Uh... I'm so up, you know, if, if there's someone I'm rooting for, I'd love to see him in the final seat just because I'd like to hear how he he paints his picture and gets us to believe that he did what he did to get there. You know, I'm very curious from his lens because from the lens we're seeing right now, he's third best out of the three that are left, in my opinion. I don't know if anyone agrees with that sentiment. Okay, you can't agree no, with that you, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, was, I was literally, I was like, when you look at it, how it, Ever you look at it, it's based on perspective, obviously, but I'll, I can't share how I feel about it. So, yeah, we're just going to yeah. have to wait for Thursday. Yeah, we'll <laughs> wait for that one. Okay. So, I think it, was, it might be what we had. We had odds here with regards to the wooden spoon. I'm going to say it. And again, sound effects. We're going to go wah, 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 or whatever. Now I've influenced you. That's not how we do research. But okay. I'm going to go sound effects. And I want to hear brain. those names. Uh, but you know what? If you can do it and you do it better, then I'm all for that. You know, we always got to improve. So. <laughs> I doubt I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, three, two, one. Tyson. <laughs> and also, don't be shy to tell us who you think deserves the wooden spoon in the comments there either. We, we are, we're taking everything on board, and we'll see what happens at the end of the show. All right, but it's that time of the show now where we are discussing Storms Brewing. We've kind of overlapped it a little bit with the previous section. But Storms are Brewing, all the predictions and what we think is coming. Tyson, I'm gonna I'm gonna eliminate you from this conversation briefly. Yeah, Jeffrey, what do you think? What do you think's coming? Oh, I don't know. I'm actually I'm in two minds because I, obviously I've already explained that I do believe that Chaffee deserves to win, um, but I do believe whoever wins this next challenge is taking Anela with them because you would be very stupid not to. And I've seen Nicole at the balancing challenge, and she's a beast. So it would be quite interesting to see her win, take Anela with her, and then I, I, I'm not even too sure who I'd be rooting for. <laughs> um, in a perfect world, Chappies wins again, and he wins because he deserves it. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, there's not much to talk about this. It's going to be, it's literally, we're going to start the show. It's going to go into it. It's going to be an endurance challenge, and then the rest is going to be the, the jury, and we're going to hear Tyson say why he will question you here. We might as well, we do have you from this perspective. You, you do touch from a, the Ponderosa that you're going to ask sort of fair questions. Would you, are you going to come out? Are you going to be the type of juror that comes out with a blanket statement? Or is it going to be something where, you know, you, you're going to look for someone and tailor make the question for particular people? Um, I basically made the question to give both people a chance to finish their game. Because I felt like having been in that game for that long and spending one being one of the people that spent the most time with each of these individuals in the game, yeah. I have I have a very good idea of what happened, how it happened, who did what. So it was for me, I like I think it's similar to my Ponderosa video that I wanna give people a chance to claim what they were involved in 
and what happened just because they were there. Because there's, there's a difference between initiating things or feeling like you this was your move or you did this versus just being around because you were saying anybody else but me or anything that you might have done in the game if it was intentional and if you claiming it as a part of your game. So that was the, the whole thing, like pitch your game, what was intentional and why do you deserve the win? Like, I don't think that's the exact question, but it was around about those lines, like giving both people a chance to basically pitch. Yeah, and that's fair. So you're not, I think it's safe to say that Tyson's not going to be a bitter juror. I think that, that that's what you're pretty much saying, yeah? I think that's fair. <laughs> um, we'll see. I'm not saying we'll that. See. I'm saying we'll see. But I gave you the chance, we'll see. All right. Uh, final thoughts, gentlemen. That was the... The storm's brewing. Final thoughts in terms of, and this doesn't have to be survivor related. It can be for anything and anyone. Uh, Jeffrey, you go ahead first, and then Tyson can round it up. Yeah, I think it's. I've just been so impressed with the season so far. Um, I must be honest, I wasn't expecting much. Maybe because we're all the hero of our own story. So I was like, oh, we got to go to Samoa. These poor guys are going to be in South Africa. Um, and I've been blown away. The production value is always epic. I expected that. I just didn't expect the scenery to be as great as it is. Um, and I think they've smashed it. It really, it really looks as if you guys are right there in this amazing secluded island somewhere. So I've got to give them kudos for that. I'm also going to say well done, Claudio, on your blog oh. thing. It's actually pretty cool. Eh? I'm impressed. Like, this is like some high-end stuff, yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and thank I must you. be honest, between me and you, between me and you, your audition videos have been really good up until this point. I think you must get on next year. You made me scrick. You and Dino Mayu. I was like, both of these guys have my spot. There's no way they're going to cost three of us on the same show. So next oh, okay. year, it's yours. Oh, nice. Thank you. So you know me from our audition days. So thank you very much. Oh, I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> Tyson, also, I don't know if at some point if you're going to release your, your audition video. I think people would like to see that. Do you have plans of releasing that? Um, um, I can release it if people want to see it, but there's nothing special about mine. I was literally um, in my mom's kitchen and talking to the camera like I'm talking to you guys and explaining why I should be on the show. You know, I was basically talking and that's that's what got me in so maybe they saw something in me and i appreciate them for giving me the opportunity you know what there tyson that's you just saying you don't despite being a creative director you didn't need that you, you were enough of a personality that it came across on screen and i think that's yeah incredible. i just yeah I, I basically relied on my personality and what i had to say as opposed to trying to do extra stuff i didn't and another thing like i'd never seen a survivor um audition clip or anything like that so i was just like I don't want to do too much and look like I'm trying too hard. So I might as well just do this. <laughs> That's so, epic. I feel as if you've got all the super fans that have been entering for years, like grinding their teeth now. They're like, what? <laughs> but you've done so well. It's so cool that you were able to play such a good game without being such an intense super fan. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, definitely, Tyson. And I don't know if there's a parallel between you and the, the players that are left behind, but it's almost like Sony Cole. She says she wasn't the biggest of Survivor fans either. I think Anella is similar. So it's almost like the, the players that weren't too invested knew how to manage their emotions to that point, if that makes sense. I don't know if, if you think, looking back at it, no, there I, was actually an I, advantage I, for you. I definitely agree because for me, it was an advantage in the sense that 
the risk that I took, I wasn't taking those risks with past survival moves in mind. I wasn't thinking of, oh, it went wrong for this person, it went wrong for that person, so it might go wrong. I wasn't thinking like that. I wasn't thinking like a, a person who's um, so involved in Survivor. Because like, if for example, when I got the clue for the idol from Paul that came from Santony, I went straight to mm. look for it. I wasn't thinking these people are going to think I'm going to, I don't care. And that yeah. played to my advantage because that idol saved me at the end. Had I thought about maybe not going for it, I wouldn't have gotten it. And maybe I wouldn't have gotten as far as I was. So I do think it was an advantage that I wasn't crippled by... Um, what other players had done and trying to do that or trying to avoid that. I was just being myself and adapting to things that were in front of me. And also another thing is that I feel like it's a social experiment and you played with different personalities each time. Just because Jeffrey did this with that person in his season doesn't mean it's going to work for me. I'm not playing with those same people and I'm not the same person anyway. Yeah. And I, I think, think that's that you a make that... Yeah, sorry, Jeff. Go ahead. <laughs> yes, I, I just keep badging it. No, 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 it's, it's not that. I think there's, there's a lag on my side. So every time, I'm not getting the timing right this evening because there's a bit of a lag. Go oh, ahead. Shag. Um, no, what I was saying is I think you made such a valid point um, because you go, you go into the game. I, I went into the game as perceived as a threat because everybody knew that I was such a fan of the game. But in actual fact, um, also not knowing much of the intricacies. I mean, obviously, you've got to have your emotional, you know, you've got to be able to play the, the, that side of the game. Um, but you, you know, you, you didn't play too hard. And what happened, like with me, for instance, because I'd watched so much of it, uh, I was so paranoid about what might happen. Or, like I was trying to build a resume with that Nathan Blindside before merge, which is so stupid. Um, and you got to just sort of play it as it came, which is actually yeah. pretty cool. I always just assume that the super fans deserve to win. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, Tyson knew his Survivor resume, though. So not, not being a big fan, but he knew what it took for a resume, which is quite <laughs> interesting. Was that like an idea that was planted in, in before while all players that you're playing with or something of a season? No, it's because I'm surrounded by super fans and they keep talking about these things. I'm not saying anything. I'm just learning. And I'm literally observing and picking up everything that these people around me are saying. It helped me having Kieran next to me, but then... There's also Santini, who was, when she wasn't, like, holding everybody hostage, or, you know, she was yeah. a, a person sharing stuff around camp. She'd talk around camp and talk about, Teresa was also a huge Survivor fan. Dino was a Survivor. So they'd all talk about these things that, like, you know, happened in Survivor, and I'm picking up. Before, when, when, we, when the game started, I didn't know what Merge was. What? And then Kieran, <laughs> Kieran, You're killing me Kieran, now, bro. <laughs> I'm telling you, I didn't know what I Merge didn't was. Know Flint. You and, didn't know how to make a file of Flint. You didn't mm. know what Merge was. Yo, what did, you not, then, did you not binge watch Survivor before? Nah, I made a decision. I Because I'd never watched a full season. I just, all That's I knew incredible. was two tribes. They compete. And if you, and if you lose, someone goes home. Yeah. So I never, but then the reason why I found out about Merge was because Kieran, Kieran was obsessed with steers and he kept saying, I can't wait until we get to it's steers. I can't wait until we get to have steers. I'm like, when are we having steers? Why would we have steers? And it's like at merge. I'm like, what's merge? You know? So that's how I find Yo, out that's all crazy. these things that happen in the game. And I had to learn on my feet. Oh, wow, man. Cheapers. I don't know. So Tuttle, so Tuttle's our, he's our, what, TNO resident. He's here making notes of 
every castaway and he's literally just said note to self he, he normally says someone says something good he goes note to self and this time he's like note to self forget everything you know about survivor <laughs> and just go out there and play <laughs> but that's uh, you know it makes your story even more think... incredible tyson i'm just gonna say that yeah it allowed me yeah it allowed me to take so many risks and play a free game in like what i wanted to do like i'll move i literally moved to the beat of my own drum i never nobody convinced me of anything unless I wanted to do that. So that allowed me to sort of be as bold as I was. Had I watched Survivor, I wouldn't have went there and said, um, I don't care if you guys come for me. Come for me either way and see if you can get me out. That was the attitude. But if I watched the season before, I would have known that don't make yourself the target. Try your best to move the target somewhere else. Don't bring it to you. And hide as much as you can until it's the perfect moment to strike. I never hid from anyone. You know, I just stood there and I was like, well, if they scared, they scared. But if they respect me, they respect me. But I'm not going to shrink for anyone. That's who I am as a person. But in a game like Survivor, it's not the best strategy. But I did it anyway. Oh, dude. Yeah, got you fourth place. And that's more than most. I don't know, Jeff, if there's one last thing you want to comment about his game. I don't know if he's still there. He seems to have frozen. I'm not sure. He's still there, Tyson. Yeah, he's frozen. Yeah. Okay, you still there? That's fine. Uh, Jeff, maybe we just wait a couple of seconds for. Are you? We're just gonna wait for him to come back to say his thing. But yeah, Tyson. I mean, like when I'm looking back at it, fourth place. Um, not knowing much of the game before the game, partnering with someone who is very clued up on the game, like a Kieran. Huge credit to your game, even more for identifying that. And then also owning the resume talk in your confessionals that looks like you're a super fan. Credit to that man. Yeah, uh, thank you so much, bro. Like I, I knew I had to learn on my feet, and I'm glad most more than anything. I'm glad I was able to do that. Like, think on my feet and adapt, because I did come in the game saying that my biggest strength as a person is my ability to adapt. So the fact that I got in this game and I got the hang of it very early and I, I adapted to all these situations thrown at me, that's what I'm most impressed about in my game. Like, I knew I was a fighter, I knew I was resilient, but I had no idea it was like that. Like, because I, I just yeah. keep coming, so. I'm 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 happy about that part and the way I played it. So then, final, we're just gonna leave a bit of like a tender teaser for for everyone watching. If if they do have an all stars, would you be open for that or open to that? If they do have an all stars, I definitely want to be on that. Like, I'd love to play this Woo! game again because I feel the heat. Feel the heat coming from the tier kitchen. A lot of different ideas. Oh, there we go. Ladies and gentlemen, to everyone who's been online, Najwa, Tato, Komahelo, Joseph, our residents, our locals, all there, Chris Dixon. Also, shout out uh, Tyson. I don't know, Chris Dixon's watching this at four in the morning from down under Australia. So, I don't know, a little shy out there. Um, but yeah, on that note, look out for Tyson. The oh, hectic. Well, shout out, Chris. Shout out, Chris. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> yeah, so Tyson, I mean, it must I hope have been, I get the call. I hope I get the call. Yeah, dude, it must have been a long day for you. And I just want to say thank you for spending your Friday you evening with the TNO fam. Now, this was fun. Thank you so, so much for having me. Also, can you please um, post and tag me on the Terminator stuff? I want to save that picture. It looks badass. Okay, I might have to like send it to you directly because I can't tag you. You're untaggable. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. I'll turn that on. Oh, no, on Twitter. On. on Twitter. No, no, on Twitter, you're taggable. On Twitter. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Okay, sweet. Now I'll do that. I'll do that. And everyone Thank else, you. enjoy Thank your, you, man. your Friday evening. And yeah, we'll see you for the finale. It's going to be exciting. Tune in. It's going to be exciting. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Cheers.